0: Today, we're here with my friend, Matt Paget, who is the owner of Keystone Mortgage, and we have a great conversation about some of his experiences as a endurance athlete and the parallels with your journey as an entrepreneur. So, Matt, I thought maybe you could share, what are some ways that uh, you stand out from your competition or some of the ways that your firm's different?
1: Sure. Um, you know, Robert, when, when I started this company 17 years ago, we did it to give a better option both to the the people that we were serving the clients and also the partners that we worked with and what we've been able to do over 17 years and the reason we've seen such growth is because we I can tell someone I say don't work with me until I've given you value but once I have given you some value let's work together to help more clients in each other and I focus pretty much a hundred percent of my time on bringing value to our employees, to our partners, and then ultimately to our clients. Excellent. And I do that by really helping a realtor go from a one person show to creating systems and processes to create a business. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I really think there's magic in business and I love to talk about it with people
0: and help them create what they want to have. Excellent. Well, without further ado, we will jump into our conversation here. We hope you enjoy Well, thank you for coming here today, Matt, and um, for our audience, Matt is the owner of Keystone Mortgage, <laughs> um, and we're just really excited for having you in our studio and getting to know you better. And. Uh, learning what you can share with us absolutely thanks for having me robert of course well i'd like to start if if you don't mind just with your story how you got into the mortgage business and Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's interesting where your primary practice has been tennessee correct you're really uh, opening some operations in florida in a big way right now so yeah tell us how you got started uh, my
1: background is uh, after playing college basketball and getting my MBA, I went to live in Atlanta and work for PricewaterhouseCoopers. And uh, that was an opportunity to work for a big firm with a lot of smart people and learn a ton. And I was in the business, kind of the business consulting or middle market division at PwC. and after leaving there and moving back to Knoxville I started buying some residential rental properties for personal uh, rental and I noticed that the mortgage companies and the banks that I was talking to uh, first of all did not give me the level of service that I expected but then they really also didn't know what they were doing mm. um, so I said, you know, the people of, at that time, East Tennessee deserve something better, and I'm going to start a mortgage company, and I'm going to help them, yeah. and that's exactly what I did. I left a, a, a really good uh, career to start a mortgage company to help the people at, at that time of East Tennessee, and for, the, for 17 years in a row, we grew the business, mm. and we made the Inc. 5000 for the last two years is, uh, in a row as one of the fastest-growing private companies in America. And um, I was coming to Florida a bunch to visit my brother, who his family um, has been here six or seven years now, but Mm. we were coming down a lot. And I said, you know what? I think the people of Florida could, could also use a company like Keystone Mortgage um, a company that truly cares about them and, and their family.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's amazing. And um, we've spoken in you know offline about some just general entrepreneurial concepts and things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd be curious if anything comes to mind. I mean, you know, when you decided to start a business, was was that as easy as you expected for it to be, or were there some bumps along the road? So, I mean, over the course of seventeen years, there's been a lot of different market cycles and <laughs>
1: absolutely. So. Um, I opened the doors February first, two thousand and six. All right, and um, some people say the timing couldn't be worse. I-, I say it couldn't be better, and here's why: when I knew in two thousand and seven that things were going really bad in the financial markets, mm-hmm. um, some of the the largest um, companies that we had all heard about were going out of business um, overnight, and I had always heard that many of the Fortune 500 were started during recessions. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, the timing wasn't the greatest on starting this business in a boom market, but during when when so many of my competition is going out of business in 08, 09, 10, I was still small and nimble enough that we could ride the wave. Mm -hmm. And we were so flexible that I actually went and took a consulting job during the weekdays to fund our company and i would come and work in, on the nights and the weekends to keep us going i see and i did that for a few years funded the company kept us growing kept hiring employees and then when we came out in let's just call it 11 12 we were we had so much more market share than our competition who only stays in the market during the good times mm-hmm. um so yeah we've been through some ups and downs and um you know i i, I would say as a <clears throat> as a country probably over the last eight months we've been in somewhat of a real estate recession Correct, with yeah. rates going up with the craziness um that we had during covid and the buying sprees and everybody moving mm-hmm. um and and we've handled that wonderfully and and continue to grow and and doing things um down here in florida yeah. um so yeah i mean uh, there's been bumps in the road for sure everything always takes longer than you expect it costs more than you expect yes um um, but you know, I think if you have the systems and processes in place, and then just plug the right people in those in those spaces, then you're going to be successful.
0: Absolutely, and I'd I'd love to get into that a little bit more, as sure. just as far as like rhythm and, and things. Um, but but I, I love that story because the timing of when you started your business was was a relatively adverse time. And, right. and we have some realtors that are within our company and otherwise that are, are feeling a little bit uneasy maybe right mm-hmm. now that that there could be some adversity ahead and wondering mm-hmm. if this is the right time to begin a career in right. real estate. And, uh, and I think that your story is a perfect example how um, it, it's all how, how you decide to interpret the things that are going on around you that yeah. you could see it as a challenge that's insurmountable, or you could see it as an opportunity to Absolutely. be able to gain market share in a in a time that would be otherwise more difficult to do. So, I mean, it, it certainly can be beneficial to yes. enter the market in a time like we're facing right now. And um, and and locally here, things are still relatively good. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd be curious, maybe with some of your exposure to other markets, some of the mm-hmm. things that you're seeing um for example in the market areas in tennessee that you're in or otherwise because you know some of our agents they don't realize how good that we've got it here right, <laughs> right yeah. now in comparison so. absolutely <laughs> and,
1: and there's definitely uh, more activity um obviously we're, we're coming out of the busier season or, or at the end of the busier season uh, down here or, you know somewhere in that busier season um And you, you, uh, different down here, too, is you you do have um, cash buyers and you do have people moving from other areas who have sold their properties and moving here to retire or get a second home or whatever. Mm -hmm. What we've seen in Tennessee and some people that I've talked to around the country is when... There was a huge boom during COVID and throughout COVID with people moving, people working from home. You know, we have so many people who move from Manhattan or Chicago still working for the same companies, but they're sitting in East Tennessee uh, making the same salary, but doing the work there. So right. obviously the price of living is a lot better and um, or a lot lower. So, yeah, the the with the rates going up, with um, so many new people coming into the area or people buying prices have risen Mm -hmm. i think one thing we're seeing generally in tennessee and and in florida there's just not enough inventory for the number of people who want to buy a home right typically in a different market um, with rates this high you would see a lot of people a lot more houses on the market a lot more properties on the market and the prices would not be going up still at the rate that I think we're seeing in Tennessee and Florida mm-hmm. generally because of the, the low inventory. Correct. Um, but we also have a catch 22 there where it's like, okay, somebody bought a home three years ago, they have a 4% rate they are very reluctant to sell that home now and go to a 6% rate on the new home they would buy. Correct, so yeah. there are a lot of people who are kind of holding on to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think we're gonna see rates where we did a year and a half ago, two years ago. I don't think we should see rates that low again. Um, but you know, th- there there's going to have to be a point where sellers understand that rates aren't going back to 3% if you need to move if you're getting married if you're you know having another child you're gonna have to go ahead and bite the bullet and move that's right and I think it's taken the last six months or so nationally and in Tennessee as well for people to realize that hey you're just going to have to do it if you need to do it. This is not yeah. the time to, you know, try to make an extra whatever out of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just not enough inventory out there to do
0: that. That's right. And and that's uh, very much the case here in Florida as well. And uh, you can watch the migratory um, patterns and, and builders are obviously following this strongly and, and building in these markets where people are still moving to. And You know, a lot of the usual suspects are still benefiting from that, of course, Florida being one of the main benefactors from these these different patterns. But uh, it will be interesting to see where this all leads, because, you know, here we are in April 2023 Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of um, wonderment of how the Fed may pivot and start to ease rates again, or if they're going to stay committed to this path of trying to stop inflation, which, you know, seems like uh, it. what they've done so far, it seems to be relatively effective. But yes. yeah, I mean, we'll, t- time will tell. We'll find and, out. And you know, one thing
1: I think we see kind of <clears throat> in times like this, and what, what I've seen throughout my career is real estate is six to nine months ahead of the general economy or the numbers mm-hmm. that are coming out on the general economy. So Generally, real estate nationally, say we saw somewhat of a recession starting last June, July. Now the economy, based off the last news we've been hearing, is also starting to see that. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're six to nine months ahead of the general economy in real estate. But I also think we're six months we come back six months before the numbers in the economy come back, true, so it's mm-hmm. not like real estate, you know we've already been through a portion of our recession, and now we will be coming
0: out of it, I think, before the general economy does. yeah, I, I would agree. So so, one thing I think that would be really beneficial for our audience, which is really primarily composed of like real estate professionals, mm-hmm. is uh we've had some great conversations about in your personal life you've got some interesting things that you're yes. involved in. I don't know if it's uh um, you know if it's something that uh is is um, that was just innate to you know how you came about finding the sport of like being an endurance athlete and mm-hmm. doing some of these things that are a little bit uh crazy right. for lack of a better yeah, some word pe- some people but, yeah, call I mean. me crazy yes. <laughs> but i'd love to learn more about that how you got involved in that what was appealing about that i know you're an athlete in college as a mm-hmm. basketball player so tell us a little bit more about that so um, I uh, I like to read. I like
1: to study people. I like to uh, find people who are successful at something and then, you know, study how they did that. And um, I have kind of always been into running or hiking and just being outdoors. And I started following some people and, and reading about some people. And they started talking about these endurance sports, whether this was running, uh, whether this was cycling. And what I found is, is when an endurance sport really is doing one thing and that's overcoming your mindset overcoming the the things that hold people back because i learned that if i could control my mind then i could control my life and the the success and the results so i'm a firm believer that you know you, you, you Decides you want to do something, you put together the plan, and then you take massive action and you start doing it. And with endurance sports, you know whether it's a 50-mile race in the in the mountains mm-hmm. or um, a cycling an 1,100-mile cycling um, event over 10 days, your body. Your mind is what is the difference between being able to do it and not being able to do Mm -hmm. it. Obviously, you have to train and get your body in shape. But uh, David Goggins, who uh, I I follow and and, and read his stuff, he said that once your body says you can't go any further, you're really only 40% of the way there. Wow. So there's another 60% still to go, and that's when the mind kicks in. And I just... In the endurance sports, I just know that if I can keep putting one foot in front of the other and if I can keep making progress towards the finish line in that race, that I can also do that in my life and I can help other people do that as well and build a team who wants to do the same thing. So, yeah, um, it, it's. Endurance is all about mental. It's it's everybody says physical, and oh, that's crazy to, you know, run the Pikes Peak Marathon and go up 8,500 uh, feet in vertical gain to 14,115 feet um, in the first half marathon, and it's like, yeah, but you just got to keep going, and wow. um, so it's just all about making sure your mind is strong enough to fight through when stuff gets tough
0: yeah that's that's incredible and so about how old were you do you you recall when you started getting involved in these endurance competitions
1: I uh, actually a little older so I'm 48 now and I started getting into the endurance stuff about when I was 37 is that right now I'd Mm -hmm. run some marathons or done a bunch of half marathons and hiked a bunch but as far as getting into the true endurance where you're going for eight nine ten twelve nineteen hours at a time that i was it's probably t- uh, 10 11 12 years ago
0: that's incredible and mm-hmm. uh, i i myself have never participated <laughs> in anything like that whatsoever so i'm just in absolute awe and disbelief that uh, <laughs> that anybody can do that but yeah <laughs> it, it's
1: it's uh it's not it, it's it's really it's hard to explain how it's a mental game yeah. it sounds so physical and yes you're sore and yes but if when, once you hit that finish line, it makes it all worth it because you know you fought
0: through something that was not easy. Right. Yeah, that that is incredibly inspiring for me to hear. I don't know if I am curious enough to actually dabble in it myself, right. but time will tell, we'll find out. Right. Um, but what I think the, the great parallel is that I'd love to get your opinion on is mm-hmm. if there's some commonalities with the mindset of being an endurance athlete, with being an effective entrepreneur, would, would you say mm-hmm. there's some similar lessons Absolutely. to be learned there. Absolutely.
1: I mean, and you know this well from, from uh, your own life, but it's all about persistence. Mm-hmm. You just keep going. Um, I think so many times businesses fell because people quit too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't willing to take the actions necessary to endure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's... Um, there is probably way too many similarities in business and endurance sports. And maybe that's one of the reasons that I was drawn to endurance sports as well is, sure, is because that. it's really just a process. It's really just a system. The only difference in endurance sports is, is it's just me. Mm. Right. Uh, um, Business is probably or is way more difficult because you're working with teammates and employees and partners and different people. Right. Um, Endurance. It's, hey, I can overcome this. And all you really have to count on is you. Mm. But taking the lessons that you've learned. In business, I've learned it in business. In endurance sports, they're, they're they're very similar. Where I can take those lessons and teach them to other people, whether they're friends, partners, employees, and they can gain from my experiences. Right. And that's why I also love to read and learn from other people is, is I love to learn from their experience, but then I love to pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Because I believe, I believe the world is a win-win. I believe as long as both people or, you know, can win, then you're creating uh, what's known as community. Sure. And I think by creating community, you can do really great things.
0: Yeah. I I love that philosophy. I, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Is, is there, um, like maybe maybe a story that comes to mind of like one of the heaviest experiences you went through in any of these races or you know just a let's.
1: uh there's there, there's quite a few of them <laughs> um, uh, so my first um 50 mile race which was actually 52 miles these these trail people aren't real good with distance sometimes <laughs> well it's
0: another mile or two right <laughs>
1: um i was um it was about 10 o'clock at night it was dark i was about mm, 41 42 miles in and at this point um of a race your your body's hurting your feet are hurting your, your feet feel like you've been through a meat grinder oh, and geez. i'm out by myself I, like you know over, uh, you can st- stretch, um, you know, several hundred people over 50 miles. And you don't, for probably 80% of the race, there was no one else around me. Wow. But my feet were really hurting. And, you know, you can feel the pressure under your toenails of the blisters that are, mm. you know, coming up and stuff. <laughs> and um, I went over a, a, a root. And I kicked the root with my foot. And literally almost passed out with pain because of the blisters under my toenails (laughs) that I had after this race so I'm laying in the woods don't care about bears don't care about it like and I'm like can I get up and get to this finish line Mm. so you know I have like nine ten miles left and um, luckily I, I come out of the woods at about mile 48 and we know that during the last mile, there's this hill that's straight up and there's just, people just talk about this hill forever. But at mile 48, there was an, the last aid station and they had Coca-Cola. <laughs> now I typically don't you know, drink soft drinks, but I had to have some of this Coca-Cola and that was a wonder drug. It totally changed my spirit. It gave mm-hmm. me energy, the sugar in it, the caffeine. And I got to the bottom of this hill um, with with about a mile to go. And you literally have to just power hike this hill. But there was collateral damage all over this hill with people just laying on the hill who oh, could no. not get up at the end. <laughs> so it was, uh, I mean, there's. And that's just the first race. I mean, this is just okay. the first endurance race I ever did. Is that right? There's so many more um, stories. And, I, you know, obviously, I love sharing them. And, and you, um, did,
0: you did finish that. I did finish. Which, wow. I did finish. Um, I finished about um, 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so um, are, are there any um, – I mean, I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of parallels that come to mind mm-hmm. with business. I mean, I, I can definitely recall some – more difficult seasons that, than others, but maybe in, in your journey, are there any examples that come to mind, like on your entrepreneurial path that, that you had, you know, you, you've faced some adversity, mm-hmm. then you had to persevere, push mm-hmm. through, maybe, maybe come up with yeah. a different plan. You
1: know, <laughs> uh, uh, let me just draw a parallel again to, you know, athletics of any type, but for instance, I'll be sitting with someone and they say, you know, I would like to, to run a marathon mm-hmm. and I say, get your phone out. We're going to sign up for this marathon right now so just like business Mm -hmm. let's let me just take you through this for a second we have to have an end goal in mind we have to know where we want to be like you need to know where your company i need to know where my company is going to be at the end of 2023 we need to know where we want to be in three years and five years so i say sign up Mm -hmm. so we sit there over coffee or whatever and they sign up for that race and Mm -hmm. then i say okay say that race is in six months. In three months, you need to be here. In order to be at that six month mark, you need to be here at that three month mark. Mm-hmm. And then I say, Hey, you need to be here at that month mark. And then we break down into a daily activities that this person can do fueling, training, sleeping, making sure you're hydrated. And we they do the massive action that's necessary to get them there, mm. and through this process of daily massive action, they are building the mental fortitude to be able to complete that race when it's done. Because the hardest thing about, and anyone who does any exercise knows this the hardest thing every time is just getting out the front door, <laughs> right? Once you've gotten out the front door, you've pretty much won mm-hmm. so. It's very much like business. We need to know where we're gonna be. We need to have checkpoints along the way. And then we need to break down the, the uh, activities that we need to do every day, and if done over time, those will add up to the result you wanted. Right. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't have that focus in a work environment and you're when you don't have that focus you 're missing out because you're not doing that in, uh, actions that needed to be done to get to that result right and, and um, yeah, I think that's
0: yeah well well I know as um, as a as a lender, you partner with your realtors that that you work with regularly and mm-hmm. you try to incite or encourage them to have better results and so you know if there's things that come to mind maybe to share you know some of those actions and things I know. Probably the the analogy for, you know, getting out the front door to begin your workout, I think in, in your path as a, as a realtor or entrepreneur, probably the equivalent would be, you know, the hardest thing about the journey would be picking up the phone and making the first call. Absolutely. And then once you do that, then you can reinforce patterns and, and start to, you know, create better habits. But, you know, maybe are there some things that that you find regularly when you're helping realtors that you partner up with to be more effective that you encourage them to do or?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there's a lot of them. But, you know, I think the first thing you have to do is what separates most people in this world from others is hunger. Mm -hmm. You have to be hungry and want a result. And I think hunger um, comes from excitement and energy. And every person that, that, that I work with at our company um, we, we have three core principles um, and our core values and it's love people and treat them well super energy and happiness and constant growth and ownership but and we, we
0: actually rate each other on yeah, these. Go, go, I'm sorry pause and go through those again quickly I want to make sure we don't gloss over that yes too quickly uh, love
1: people and treat them well okay um, constant growth and ownership mm-hmm. and uh, super energy and happiness love that yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how we hire people. That's how we fire people. It's, uh, those are our metrics mm-hmm. for what we, we uh, judge people on. So um, I believe energy, if you bring energy to, to, to your life, that's contagious. Mm-hmm. And if you have the energy and the hunger to do what's necessary to uh, get the results, then you're going to draw people to you that can benefit you but you can also benefit their life. Right. And what I found is is like when I meet with someone for the first time, I try to understand what their um, needs are. Mm-hmm. What where are they in their you know life. where are they in their business what and through a series of questions that I ask I can understand what their pains and pleasures are mm. and it could be totally different from one person to the next sure, will be. but I can't sit there and tell them what they need without understanding what they need mm-hmm. so when I talk with someone and understand what they need then I can actually help them in a way that they need to be helped and I think in business a lot of people are selling something to someone without understanding what those people need. Mm. So I think if we were to sit back, understand what people need, and then help them how they need to be helped, um, I also think that's um, contagious because those people will tell others sure. how you help them, and then you're you're so much better than just that person who's selling something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are there any... Characteristics or traits of people in in real estate, specifically. Again, that's our primary audience, mm-hmm. and I know that that they'll definitely be enjoying this conversation. When if if maybe there's some commonalities that you find, or attributes of of highly effective or successful productive realtors versus, you know, the the ones that that haven't quite found that rhythm so far. Absolutely, um,
1: and I think it's. I think some people learn this quickly and I think for the people who become successful, it takes some a long time to learn this. So I think the quicker you can learn this, the better off you're going to be. Surrender to the process. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This has been done for a long time. People have sold real estate for a long time. There are proven methods and systems that work do what the best do don't try to create something there's no reason to remake the the trap yeah people around this country and around this world are doing things that work and when i study the top ones they're all doing the same things yeah it's the other people who aren't as successful trying to create something new so what you Mm got to do is and i'm not saying it's the easy way Right. A lot of times it's the hard way that works. It's the simple but hard way. Simple but hard. <laughs> right. It's not complicated, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be focus on the things that work. And then you have to do them every single day. This is not, oh, I'm going to do this one time this week. I'll do it next week. No, you do the most important things, the power profit activities. You do them every single day. And consistency is the
0: key to all success, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh the great thing about real estate specifically is that it's easy to model success mm-hmm. and uh, because you know in the MLS and most market areas you can easily deconstruct who you know, you know who the top agents are you can determine how many units sold per year what was their average sales price what ratio how many of them were on the buyer side how many of them were on the seller side and you could you have all this data mm-hmm. so you know and then again it's 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 usually nothing uh, particularly special about the the, the processes it's it's just the same simple stuff it's just that uh, i can attest the the best agents in our company in our market area they're just uh, a bit more highly disciplined than that's it
1: it's discipline and you mm -hmm. know there's a saying that successful people are doing something else Mm -hmm. Um, they're doing the things that are simple but necessary yeah and What I find is, is people who want to be successful, but aren't successful is because they're not willing to do those things. Mm -hmm. So the thing that successful people are doing different is the thing that unsuccessful
0: people don't want to do. Yes. Hmm. I'd love that. And, um, and I'm curious, you know, we, we all find ourselves getting off track at times Mm -hmm. mentally, as Mm -hmm. far as mental toughness goes that you Mm -hmm. described, you know, do do you have any like tricks that come to mind when, when you, you know, find yourself in these places, whether it's in business or on the, on the course and you, Mm -hmm. you kick the tree limb. I mean, what, what do you, what's your inner self-talk that gets you back on track? the, The
1: first, so the first thing is, is you have to use your calendar effectively. Mm -hmm. You need to take all of these activities that we're talking about in whatever part, business, health, whatever, family part of your life, and you need to put those most important things on your calendar at a specific time. Mm -hmm. But then you need to leave what I call white space on your calendar, which is enough time for other things. Mm -hmm. But when the things come up that are on your calendar that are important, you do them right then and there. Yeah. If it says go out and walk four miles, you go out and walk four miles. If it says you go to your child's sports game, you go to your child's sports game. It's the discipline, like you're talking about, of sticking to do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So many times people want something and they say they're going to do something, but then they don't do what they say they're going to do. Right. And what happens is that erodes trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you can't trust yourself it's hard to trust a process or anyone else. Right. So don't erode trust in yourself. It's a very simple process. Know what you need to do, put it on your calendar, and then surrender to to that. Right. Surrender meaning trust that that's going to work.
0: Yeah. I love that you know what it what it basically comes down to is self-respect that you respect yourself enough to follow through with what you decided that you were going to do and so whenever we're we're having this conversation you know what it what it ultimately comes down to is a vision because you don't know what to put in your calendar if you don't have a vision of what it is that you're trying to achieve or what your life will look like once Mm -hmm. you've Experienced the success that that you're envisioning for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, may, maybe I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind about, you know, how how should somebody if they're newer in their career, you know, how how would you go about creating a, a vision for your business or seeing what could be possible in your life?
1: Absolutely, and you know, I, I love to sit down with people and do this exercise with them. It only takes 15 or 20 minutes, and to kind of get that started. But know what you want your life to look like. You don't have to know what it's going to look like in 20 years. You don't have to know what it's going to look like in two years. Where do you want your life to look in six months? So we actually call this the backward thinking exercise. But if you know where your life is today and you know where you want to be in six months, Mm -hmm. then what we can do is we can say, here's where I am today in everything that my life has. And here's where I want all of those things to be in six months. That allows us to at least see ourselves in a better position than we are now. Mm. But it's just like cooking anything, too. I mean, anytime, let's just say you're going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. Before you ever get the jelly out of the fridge or the peanut butter out of the pantry, you, your mind already sees a, a sandwich that's been made on the counter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because otherwise, you wouldn't know what to go get to do it. Right. So we, we people have vision. They just need to tap into it and know. But I think here's the problem, Robert. Most people don't know where they want to be in six months. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would say to those people, you want to be better off than you are today. Yes. So let's create a, a path to where you're better off today than you are. Or you're better off in six months than you are today. Right. And we can put together that. So so quick, just by talking and answering some questions
0: about how you want to see your life differently i, I that's all that it comes down to I think that's fantastic and you know um when it, it, it when you state that um you just want to be you know better than than you are today, I think that people where they kind of get into this vicious cycle of of just not having any direction or losing faith in themselves is when they, when they're failing to make progress Mm -hmm. that people, I think it's an innate human need that you have to make progress in order to be feeling fulfillment of any kind. And so it it could be very small, very incremental progress. You don't have to radically transform your entire life in a, in an unreasonably short amount of time. You just need to make a little bit of progress and, So you know, I think that for some licensees, because you know, unfortunately there is a high attrition rate in the in the real estate field, Mm -hmm. they get the real estate license and maybe they overestimate what could be accomplished in their career in real Mm -hmm. estate in the short term, which is very common. People generally do that. They'll overestimate what's possible, Mm -hmm. but they underestimate what's possible in in the long term. But you know, maybe if somebody gets licensed and then they fail to make progress for six months or so and then they start to lose confidence in themselves and you know they they don't have enough self respect to go do Mm -hmm. the thing that they know they need to do and, and then it just becomes this vicious you know downward spiral so Correct. what would you say maybe to somebody that's in that type of a estate now to to try to get them back on track
1: um, so it, it is all mindset mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we see things worse than they really are mm. and a lot of times we see things better than they actually are yes so what, when, when I have found people and myself in situations where I feel like things aren't working out as well, mm-hmm. I kind of do a reassess and I get with somebody who's been successful at something and I say, okay, let, let's let talk about my expectations here and let's figure out how those expectations can change so that my understanding of what I need to do can can change as well. Mm-hmm. And... I I love to lean on people who've done it before Um, because we've all been at places that, you know, we need help. Right. Um, And I don't care to ask for help. I love to give help. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been able to meet with people or talk with people or study people who snap me out of a negative mindset. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, you know, this is up to me and I'm going to make this work. And I think if we I think something that is really important is, is you have to take responsibility for your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Regardless of what's happened, we have to take responsibility for it. And we have to say, Hey, I'm responsible for this and I can change it. Yeah. And when you truly believe that you can change it, and it may require the help of some others, Mm -hmm. some friends, some mentors, some partners, when you can change it and you can see that you can change it. Yes, when you can see that you can change it, that's when really like the magic happens Mm -hmm. because you will will gain a focus that allows you to do the things
0: that will set you on a brighter path. Yes, love that. I'd like to just go back to the endurance mindset Mm -hmm. again. So you know, is there is there like a little trick or a mantra or something that? you're telling yourself the whole time that you're just trudging along for hours and hours and hours and things are getting hard and there is how, yeah, I'd love to There's learn several, more about that.
1: We can talk about one of them here. <laughs> <laughs> um, champions are made in solitude.
0: Mm. So mm-hmm. when
1: I'm out there by myself, either during training or during a race, um, champions are made
0: in solitude. So you're just telling yourself that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, um, I heard someone else. I can't recall the source right now, but someone said that you're you're celebrated in public for the things that you do in private. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's another way of saying something similar. But. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you.
1: you know, and, and and I found this common theme too. Um, when you know you want to do good and you want to push yourself, um, you know you 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 have to think that you're a badass Mm -hmm. you know you have to have the confidence whether you're a top business person or a top athlete you have to have the confidence to know that you can do this yes and i think what experience shows us is that we can so I went from this 52-mile race as my first endurance run, and then I did a 57-mile race with 17,000 feet of vertical gain, Wow! And, but I was way more nervous in the first one because I wasn't sure if I could do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I had to talk to myself that whole way. When I showed up for the start line of the harder race, I knew I was going to finish. Mm. There was not a doubt in my mind I was going to finish right wasn't easy (laughs) there were parts of it that really sucked but i (laughs) knew i was going to finish right because i had that experience from the first one and pushing myself through pain and discomfort and all of this you know obviously your mind goes in all these places you know um but you just say hey i'm i'm not negotiating with myself Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i signed up for this to finish I'm not negotiating with myself. Yes, because your mind will find every reason in the world to stop. <laughs> that is for sure. Just like in business, right? It will find everything in the world to do today when you know you need to be doing something important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody's coming to ask you to go to lunch today. No, you can't go to lunch today. You have something important to do. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's always going to be a reason not to do what you need
0: to do. Yeah. Well, that that is for sure. Well, you know, we could. Keep this conversation going all afternoon. And, and I know that a lot of our audience will find this very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, anything that we haven't covered that comes to mind that you'd like to talk a little bit more? About you know, I would just say
1: f- find, find people in your life who um, you can create win-wins with. Mm-hmm. Find people where both of you can win, both of you can support each other. Um, and do do this with a lot of people. Um, there are people out there that understand win-win. It's not a, a zero-sum game where one person wins and one person loses. And if you're in relationships like that of any kind, uh, th- those will be short-lived. Uh, th- that's just yes. not, or they will be unhappy because that's not how it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be a relationship is an exchange of value it is and the 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 closer that value can be to 50 50 both people the better that relationship's going to be um so i would just say find people that you can win with
0: absolutely i love that well if um someone was watching or listening to this conversation and they Mm -hmm. say you know, geez, there was a lot of great things that really spoke to me. And, you know, when you say, you know, you gotta do these simple things and processes or, or whatnot, you know, we didn't really talk a lot of, about specifics, mm-hmm. but uh, if they wanted to reach out to you and maybe get some some further ideas or inspiration, what's a great way for people yeah, to absolutely.
1: Uh, contact um, you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would say call or text or email. Um, I'll just give out my cell phone number here, 865-919-4300. Uh, just text me and uh, introduce yourself and uh, we can get together either on a, a call, a Zoom, or an in-person meeting. Um, I love meeting new people. Um, I believe uh, there's a lot of power in that. It energizes me to meet new people and mm. hear people's aspirations. Um, and then, obviously, you can you know look me up in, uh, online and get my email address or however. But a, a call or a
0: text would be great. Perfect. Well. I've found this conversation to be very inspirational. I always do when we talk. Um, it definitely challenges me because in life sometimes we're in balance and, you know, we can't be firing on all cylinders in right. every aspect of your life. And so there's times I feel like I'm, I'm good with family, I'm good with my career. Mm-hmm definitely need a little bit of work in the physical side. And it Mm -hmm. always challenges me whenever, whenever I talk to you. So we'll have to start (laughs) finding the time. I guess I got to like put a marathon in the calendar. (laughs) We can definitely do that. (laughs) But I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate you spending some time to share your message with us here today and uh, look forward to talking again soon. I love doing it, Robert. Thank you
1: for having me. Of course.